Hey, do you want to be a DJ? I want to be a DJ! Hello everybody, welcome to season two. Yes, we are back. Varsky's I Want to Be a DJ podcast. I am your adorable and lovable host as always, Varsky, and thank you so much for joining me. It's been a break. We've had the summer break. We've been very, very busy. Um... As you can all tell, if you uh, if you follow me on Snapchat and uh, Instagram and all that, it's been an incredible summer. Probably, I know without a shadow of a doubt, the best summer of my uh, professional career. We've been to some incredible places, playing to some incredible shows, and met so many new friends. A lot of whom sh- are, are listening now. So hello, um, thank you for coming on board the, the Varsky train, whatever you want to call it. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm really excited to get the podcast back up and running now you know obviously with with summer gone and winter here it means one thing it means that shows uh the the amount of shows go down so i've got more time to focus on other things like making music um like family time and obviously podcasts and you know catching up on tv although i watch loads of tv as it is um so before we go any further a quick word from our sponsors oh that's right we don't have any um but if we did big up my sponsors <laughs> and uh so, first thing I want to address um, is uh, a lot of the questions people have asked me recently, like, Varsky, you've kind of gone off grid a bit, you're not Snapchatting as much. Um, I have, and I think that, the you know, when you go hard for so long in the summer, it's, it's a 24-7 job. Like, it's, you know, you're working on your Snapchat, you're working on your Insta, you, you're touring, you're gigging. Um, there has to come a point in which, like, you kind of just, hit a brick wall and uh and i hit, i've hit that about two three weeks ago um I, I mentally just drained exhausted and uh, i just wanted to switch off for a bit i've still been active a little bit but yeah i mean that's that's probably the reason why and when i get exhausted um there's just nothing in my head there's no creativity there's no spark there's no urge to do anything i mean i'm not even like you know i can't even say i've sat and played fifa because i haven't really it's only i've i only started doing that today because i bought fifa yesterday but you know like everything that i normally enjoy doing i haven't enjoyed doing and it's been a bit of a, a bit of a shit time but you know i go through it every year it's just a process of uh it's a result of exhaustion mental exhaustion and there's another funny thing as well is that when i when i tell people that yeah i'm exhausted like, what are you exhausted for you work like three to four days a week blah 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 and i can see their point and i accept that point but when you have uh a show schedule and more importantly a flight schedule like we've had all summer we'd go like four days sleeping like eight hours and of them eight hours four of them in a bed the other four are either on an aeroplane or in a taxi and they're not really the best sleeps and it's been tough and I've been grinding through, I've been trying to keep as fit as possible, really happy with my fitness gains. I know I don't post many pictures of the gym anymore but that's because I'm at where I'm at and I'm really, really happy and obviously now the next stage now is to go a bit further and I'm, you know, I do that on my own time. I'm really, really comfortable where I'm at. My fitness levels are the best they have been in ages but that still being said, I... You know, I've hit that wall a couple, like two weeks ago. And so I took a couple of weeks off. But, you know, I'm getting there. And I'm here <laughs> for season two. I'm really excited. Season two. Yay. <laughs> so first things first. Today is uh, Q&A. As always, I start my seasons of Q&As. It's, and it's really, really cool. Because in the past summer, I've, I, I have so many new friends. You guys listening. Um, uh, who have come on board. Uh, my Snapchat has just exploded. I can't. 
I don't know how, like literally overnight, I never used to use it, but all of a sudden, like, it just started blowing up and the interaction, the level of interaction is just incredible. I can put a question out and I'll get 20 answers in like 10 minutes. And I love that. I love that sense of interaction because I'm not in this to like, I'm not in this to sell something I'm not. I'm in this to communicate with you guys. I'm in this to talk to you guys because that's what I love doing. Um, and obviously, you know, it does help if I have a track out and there's more of you on it and I can reach more of you to have a listen. But, you know, for the, for just, just following my my journey and and mainly like a lot of it's to do with like boredom when i'm traveling guys snapchat is like do you know it just saves a man from boredom and it just makes everything more interactive and more interesting and i can have a laugh at things with you guys on snapchat <laughs> for example my airport antics for those of you that follow me on snapchat know that i have so many pet peeves when it comes to airport etiquette but i'm not going to go into that because it's not one of the questions asked but i might i might do so obviously i've asked you guys um to send your questions in thank you so much for everyone that has uh, and there's so many i don't know if i've uh, if i'll have time but i'm really going to go in depth with quite a few of them um the first one was sent via Snapchat by Zel6. I don't know if I've said that right. Z-E-L, uh, sorry, X-E-L-Z-I-E-X. And the question is, when I was younger, did you want to do what I do? And if not, what did I want to do? Um, see, when I was younger, uh, the idea of becoming a music producer, a, uh, a DJ, uh, a, a mic a mic man, a hype man, uh, and none of this was an option to do when you're older. Um, I've, I've been through this in the, the last q and I come from a very, very like liberal Asian family, but there's still the values. And, and obviously my mom and dad, they obviously, the concept of entertainment, there was, there's no money because they didn't know about it. Because let's be fair, back in them days, an Asian being an entertainer in England would get nowhere. I mean, that's a fact, um, but so it was never, it was never really put in like, oh yeah, you should follow up. You should do this. Um, it was always like, you should go into like, you know, something professional, something to an office job like marketing or, you know, uh, you should look at, look at, look at law degree, blah, blah, blah. And it's funny because my dad always used to say that I had an entertainer in me and rather than <laughs> rather than saying you should go and be an entertainer, he said you'll be a great lawyer. <laughs> so that's a kind of like that's the mentality that, that that I've been growing up I've grown up with in my household. So and it never it being a musician was never was never any option to make money off. And um, all I knew I I used to love like. I used to like dance in the mirror to like Michael Jackson. I used to pretend I was him. I used to do all this stuff on my own. Um, and I used to build up scenarios where like I'd have beef with managers. <laughs> if my manager's listening, that's still true. But, um, um, you know, I used to build up scenarios where like, you know, something would happen on stage and I would have to do something. But yeah, that, that was what I used to do. And it, it was seem really, really sad at the time because, well, it isn't sad at all, but, that's how it was perceived because well you're meant to be going out and doing this and doing that no fuck that i i was i used to do that and i used to really really enjoy it and um 
I it was only until uh, a university where well it was before university I started rapping I started like you know spitting bars on garage and stuff I wasn't very good um but I used to do it I used to make my own tapes I used to give them out to people some people could still message me and say they still got their tapes I really really hope they are buried somewhere deep but um I, I started doing that and then and then obviously I went to university they used to run urban nights and uh, I just used to pound the DJ, like Andy Andy O, I think his name was at Loughborough University. I used to hound the DJ. Can I can I MC for you? Can I MC for you? And he was really reluctant. And I I get that. I don't blame him at all. But you know what? To his credit, he did. He let me come on and he let me start doing a few bits. Uh, and and here's a funny story. Bless him, Andy. I love you for everything you did. You gave me the opportunity. Thank you. But it's a really really funny story. I, I did like two, three sets of him. And obviously my, on the mic, it's all about repetition because I want people to sing along what I'm doing. Put your hands up, put your fucking hands up. Um, you know, all my all, all my lyrics. My, my goal is to have everyone spit my lyrics back to me. And that's what I am going to work on for next year. But so obviously the repetition is key when you're on the mic. And he said to me once, he's like, um, can you not be so repetitive? Can you come up with some new material? And I'm like, bro, I got loads. He's like, yeah, but you've used it all over and over. And I'm like, okay. So yeah, anyway, I digress. Um, and so that's like, I, I, I kind of had a, um, a a feel for like entertaining and I was just in my element, um, but I still hadn't explored the full grasp of what I can achieve and what can be done. Because to me, an MC was just like, there was no end, there was nothing else because I grew up on garage music. There was nothing else. And then one event I went to, it was a Trevor Nelson event and... Uh, a, a guy called Cam was DJing. You may know him as DJ Rewire. <laughs> this is this is when I was uh, when I was at uni, and uh, so a guy called Prestige, uh, DJ M, who's Rewire, and uh, Soul. Big up Soul. They were doing the warm up set, and Press Prestige was doing something on the mic that I was like, "Fuck me, this is like I've never ever like he he I, my jaw dropped, and I just watching him because he." He was doing, he basically watching him was a foundation of me starting doing what I'm doing because he showed me that you don't have to be, you don't have to act like a gangster. You don't have to be cool. You be yourself and you have interaction with the crowd and you, and you get your, your hype across in a different way. And I was like, raw, this, this is, you can do this. So big up press. I tell him every time I see him, I love you, brother. Um, and that was when I first started realizing, oh my God, this is, this is this is really what I want to do, but then obviously fast forward. I mean, I was still I was still in that mentality. I've got to get a real job. I've got to get a real job. Um, so then obviously that that's you know that's when I first kind of had the taste of uh, doing what I do. Um, and the final question is, if I didn't want to do what did I want to do? To be fair, I didn't know what I want to do before I found this. I was just like, yeah, I'll just work in office. I worked for Kodak. I worked for a distribution arm of Kodak, selling fucking cameras on whatever and uh you know it just wasn't me i used to wake up every morning thinking what am i i really don't want to go to work but i became institutionalized and it just became all right let's go let's go do it i uh had a, had a nice car on finance i didn't I didn't have any money but i had a nice car on finance and that's what that mattered to me really when i was young just like driving a nice car and having showing off things that i can't afford but I guess that comes with youth. But yeah, thank you so much for the question. I hope that answers it. Um, next question is from Livy from Snapchat. Uh, when did I realize I love music and wanted to play it to make 
so many people happy well first of all so many people have thank you so much i um when people say that to me it makes me really really happy because i'm just having fun doing what i'm doing and if that can if that positivity can spread to to affect someone else's life in a positive way dude i am so so chuffed and that makes me really really happy so first of all um thank you for suggesting that i make people happy okay <laughs> i do my best um and so the question when did i realize i love music i've always loved music always i've been lucky enough to be brought up in a family where music was like so eclectic in the household my brother used to listen to hip-hop prodigy like you know my dad used to love bob marley there was bollywood music there was in there was banger music there was so much music in my household and i remember like i used to love going tape shop shopping man there was like hmv um back back in these days like a, a, a tape a single would be sold on a, a, on a on a tdk tape um and they'd cost 99p before the track got released on the day of the release they went up to £1.99 and I used to always rush to go and get the tape for 99p uh, but I used to like I, I, my tape collection was wicked man I had Jamiroquai uh, I mean I had like S Club and Steps and Spice Girls I had their album I mean like there was so much like eclectic music going on I just I've always loved music I've always found it I've always just found it like something that it has a positive effect on me and even to this day man music is just amazing it's just the best thing in the world um and here's an interesting story uh my mum told me that when i was really really young the only thing that would shut me up from crying was playing the east enders theme on vinyl so <laughs> they went and got the vinyl of the east enders song just to shut me up <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> so yeah thank you livy love great question uh leamy beamy uh what's sadio mane's red card in man city a red card bro i don't if that's a red card he went listen i don't want to spend too much time on this i could the guy went for the ball his eyes were on the ball and he got sent off because of the intent there was no intent it was an aggressive challenge but if you can't tackle with aggression to get the ball then what's the point do you know we ain't tiptoeing around this stuff it's that same it's the same um it's the same kind of case that they're raising now where like kids shouldn't be able to tackle in rugby fuck that if kids can't tackle in rugby till 18 how are you ever going to create a wicked rugby player i think people are just being bubble wrapped kids you know adults are, are really getting very paranoid about kids and they're bubble wrapping them in so many ways like just go and tackle go and go every sport go and get physical that's what sports about. It's a it's 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 a physical. Every sport's pretty physical unless it's netball, and or golf. But you know, the the contact sports, are, dude. And Asadio Mane's challenge. He, he went for the ball. He got the ball, and it just so happens his leg was high. And he's going in fast. So what's what's the, if the if the keeper had 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 his head somewhere else, that wasn't that wasn't a foul. But how was Mane to know? Like, how was he to know? So, in my opinion, no, it wasn't a red card. Um, I think it's quite shameful that it was because it kind of puts doubt in strikers' minds to go for 50-50s. And that's that's one of the elements of football that I love, man. Crunching 50 because a red card. So, yeah. Um, Jim Weeks. What up, Weeksy? Um, how do I warm up before going on stage? Uh, okay, so I've said this in loads of interviews. I have uh, a ritual. Uh, a very simple ritual i basically go uh down and i touch the floor that i'm about to play on and i beat my chest um and i don't know how that it kind of evolved from something else to something else to this um you know it just beating my chest kind of wakes me up a little bit 
because obviously like you know sometimes you can you can get to an event and you're really tired yeah we're all human and it wakes me up and it kind of gets me in the mood touching the floor i think it just like reminds me of like you know i'm so lucky to be doing what i'm doing like really really lucky to be doing what i'm doing it and you know just it just reminds me of that and you know it kind of gets me it gets me pumped uh, and it gets me in a really really good mood it's just really it's just something that i always do before before a gig and the thing is the funny thing is i've done it i've not done it before a gig and i felt completely different in a negative way and i'm just like oh right so i've always done that before going on stage no matter where it is whether it's a festival a university gig a club gig i, I do it everywhere um so that's yeah that's my main um my main warm-up safe weeksy thanks for the question mate uh next question uh jamie best place i've done a set and the most humble and down-to-earth artist i have met good question mate and uh, let me just take a sip of water uh best place i've done a set it depends though like you want about you want about everything around the place or the actual the actual event itself because like, i played i played some incredible places like bulgaria varna um which is on the beach uh i played in the beach in dubai which is on which on a fake beach they're all fake in dubai um but it's still fucking amazing nevertheless dubai's a sight man I love Dubai. <laughs> um, and so it, it, there's that. And I've also played like in the Alps. I've played uh, at Voriaz, um, played, it, played in the snow. And, and you know, it, up in the Alps is one of my favorite places in the world. It just There's something really, really cool about being in the Alps and how it makes you feel. Um, a beer in one hand. And back then I used to smoke, so a fag in the other. And uh, that was before the vape days. But yeah, it was really good um so kind of like in terms of like environments places either be in the alps or on the beach i'd probably have to say the alps avorias now if you're talking about the event itself probably when we i don't know if i can say headlined i i feel really embarrassed by saying headlined but we were the headline act so i guess headline v festival on day one in 2014 and Obviously, you know, if, you, if you're listening, you're like, well, how do you get to Headline V Festival? Well, check this out, right? So on the Friday, V Festival, they never did an event. It was just a blank day. And Club MTV went in and said, well, why don't we try to do a day? And now if, if it works for you, it works. And obviously, we got to headline it via Club MTV. <laughs> and guess what? 16,000 people turned up. And it was, oh, it was mint. I remember that set so well. It was just playing at v festival you know it was early days as well it was three years ago but it was just incredible like i've still got video footage of it all and it was just i think v festival was the best setup the best set i've done um yeah by far most humble and down-to-earth artists now it's a really good question and i've you know i've always thought about this like i've always had it in conversation let me tell you like the the law for those that have taken their time grafting and coming up to where they are, they are the most humble people you'll find. For those that have come up to fame really fast, they are the biggest piece of shit that you can imagine. Um, there are there are so many pieces of shit in the industry, so many. But then to counteract that, there's so many really, really nice people. Really nice people. Um, I can name a couple. I think Flurry, she, she's she's cool. Example is uh, the man, Majestic. Madge is like my mentor. He's incredible. Um, there's just so many, and like all the DJs on 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 road, all the DJs, Martin's move, Andy, you know, like they're all really, 
they're all really top guys and you know why because we all can relate to the struggle that we go through the people that go on like knobheads are people that don't relate to the struggle because they've just gone they've gone straight to the top and they've never experienced the struggle so therefore they think they're above everyone uh you also find that the um i'm just trying to think of an instance where like it's been really bad um not recently there's been times back in the day because i was a dick as well like when i first entered the scene i was thought i was everyone's best mate and obviously i was going through my own demons with uh with a with abuse and addiction so i wasn't really in my right head but so yeah i mean from speaking from now um you know there are there are dicks there, there are arrogant dicks who are you know think they're they're jesus himself but there are a lot of people but if i was to say that i can't say the, the most humblest because there's so many on that level but yeah so people like fleur people like example people like majestic people people like jonas blue jonas is a legend he's such a nice guy martin garrix would you believe it the biggest dj in the world he's such a nice guy um and the thing obviously me i met martin in 2013 before animals dropped and i guess we've got a little bit of history there as well so that's nice Thank you for the question, Jamie. Um, next question is Coral Beckwith. Have you ever fallen into a fish bowl? <laughs> fish tank. <laughs> well, my dad's got one. Um, I, I know, but the closest I've ever come to it, I used to, I went through a phase where I used to dream regularly that I woke up and my house became a fish tank and the fish were massive and they were just floating around. But there was no water. They were just floating. <laughs> yeah, that was a dream I used to have. <laughs> All right, let's, let me take, um, let's take a break of the questions for now. Let's, um, so if we look at um, a quick summer roundup, I've got a calendar here to go through like, all the events um, because there's so many. And my memory is really, really bad. Um, there's been, yeah, so, so many. Uh, Goodwood Racecourse, wow. <laughs> that, was, that, that won the award for the biggest surprise. We, we weren't told anything about Goodwood. Um, we're playing with Tiny Temper and Chelsea. And uh, we're like, yeah, it's in, it's in, uh, it's in Surrey. Just um, sorry, Sussex. Just go down, play a set, and we're like, okay, cool. We we, we turn up to the race course, um, and they were like, oh, you're playing in there, and all it was was a, like a, it was a covered, tented area, and we're like, okay, cool, just a small bar, kind of like an R and B kind of set. Walked up to the dance floor. There's five thousand people down like below waiting, and it was like, oh my god, it was just a sickest party. <laughs> so that was Goodwood Race Course great party um looking back where am i so that's june oh i love mcb malta always 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 a really really good time in malta we played at some amazing events and we kept going back to malta as well like couldn't get enough of it every every sunday we'd go to cafe del mar in malta and play a set we actually filmed um mtv presents what's it called what's it called oh that dance program <sighs> i can't even remember oh what's it called is it the the groove the the grind mcv the grind so we uh we were djs for that while it was being filmed uh a couple of things about that which um which i found like i even mentioned this on snapchat as well is that basically there's a lot of people in bikinis dancing and obviously like girls just wanting to get on tv and i, I there's a times where i just felt really really uncomfortable um because i don't know i mean who am i to to judge or whatever but i felt in i i just felt in, uncomfortable because of like my beliefs and all that um you know there's there's this girls like in bikini like you know shaking their bum in front of the camera and stuff and i just, i looked at that and thought yeah 
really? <laughs> is, is, is that what you're doing? <laughs> but it was a really, it was really a good experience filming the thing. It was an honor to be a part of it. And there was like 2 million people watched it on Facebook Live, which is really dope. And obviously, I had my Varsity Club t shirt on. So, my brand got out there. And um, we did a couple of after parties. We did one at Jean Poula and we did one at Uno. Um, and uh, they're, they're all really fun, man. Like, the thing about Malta is like, it's just sunny, everything's outdoors, it's, it's just cool. I love the sun. I really do. Um, and Cafe Don is always sick because you're by the sea and you're at a pool party. Oh, June the 20th, I had a dentist appointment. I found out I needed a filling. That wasn't great. <laughs> so hold on, let me go through my calendar. Varna, Bulgaria. Oh, man, there's a lot of you from Varna here. Big up my Varna wolf pack. Um, that was dope. Do you know why that was so fucking cool? First of all, you were by the sea. You were on the, you were on the beach. Literally. The festival was on the beach. But more importantly was the friends from Bulgaria that I gained after that. Um, and it's just so nice to have people from different countries, like, you know, to, on my Snapchat interacting with me. And that was that was special. That's something that I would never, ever forget about Varna Bulgaria is the amount of people who I who I continue to have interactions with uh, from that country. It's the same with Malta as well. It's, and it's really, really cool. It's also really cool to have people message you in foreign languages. And even the Google Translate doesn't make sense of it. So I can't reply. I just put thanks. <laughs> That's really cool. Okay, moving on. Ultra Europe. Bro, we did Ultra Europe. It's Ultra Beach, man. First of all, Joe Basic, I love you. Mandy Basic, I love you. Like, thank you so much for putting us on this. Like, we were on an ultra freaking lineup. It's, it's something that I never thought would happen. It's something that even up until, you know, what my manager did, he was just like, right, guys, keep this date free, right? You've got a gig. So he kept it quiet. And I found out I was on ultra. My friend's WhatsApp group posted it and said, look who we have here. And I just looked at the group. I was like, yeah, ultra beat, sick, sick, sick. I saw my name on it. And honestly, I freaked out out that was like it's just a really good moment and you know the event was just banging oh it was it was like literally in havar which ironically enough they spell havarski <laughs> so that was quite funny to put h in front of my name and that's where we were and um it was just really cool man like we love that whole the whole coast of croatia and opposite is obviously italy we got lake garden and all that it's like my favorite place on earth the like the most beautiful views in the summer the most beautiful weather um and it's just uh, definitely my most favorite place on this planet um very close followed by the kenya shore i love the kenya coast because it's just oh it's just a sight for sore eyes so yeah ultra europe was really really special um and then we had um uh plymouth crashes mcb crashes plymouth you know i really um one thing about crashes plymouth this year is that i put um I devoted a lot of my time into building that up within within you guys, within my supporter base, within my friend group, and it really worked. You know, I you know the t-shirts, the the competitions. I did a meet and greet, which I've got to admit I was really nervous about because I'm like, what if like, for so for for a, a moment I was like, what if only three people turn up? But then I was like, so what? Three people are turning up to meet me. That's that's fucking amazing three people are turning up to meet me it turned out there was a lot more 
But, and yeah, and I couldn't believe that there was people just kept coming and it was really, really, really cool. I bought everyone milkshakes. Um, we chatted. There's a lot of nervous people there. But I just, do you know what? It was the first time I ever did that. And guys, you know, if you're sitting there feeling nervous, I was just as nervous as you. But it was just something that I've always wanted to do. And, you know, the first time of doing everything, I'm always like a bit nervous about. But like, it was the first time I've ever done it. And it won't be the last. It, we we had a great time with you guys. Thank you so much for coming, and just chatting about normal stuff. And I think I think people were really surprised to like just see that I'm just a normal dude with like normal opinions. <laughs> that was that was really cool. So yeah, thank you to the meet and greet crew. Um, thank you to the sunbed shop. Oh, I can't remember the name. They gave me a free sunbed because they recognised me. <laughs> woo woo! Got a free sunbed. Um, and obviously the event, the events were really, really cool. So um, day one was obviously we were doing the in between the sets, and I wore my um, I wore my white hoodie. That was a dare by by John on my Snapchat. Big up John, um, and I did it. I wore my white hoodie, and ever since then I've not been scared to wear white. So a big personal uh, milestone. And people were like, oh, I said, so no big deal, dude. I've had massive complexes about wearing white, and now I don't because of you guys. So thank you. Uh, day two. Now, for those of you that don't know, day two, obviously, it was really windy. Uh, and our set was going to get cancelled. Because just before our set, the report came in that the winds were so bad that I, I don't know how the winds were measured, but like one meter per something, and it would be cancelled. It was one measurement off being cancelled. Not cancelled, cancelled, but postponed so basically whoever's playing in that time loses their set and guess who tweedledee and tweedledum rewarvarsky we were next and i was standing mid-stage and i'm like i've worked so hard this is like this is the zenith for us um you know we look at plymouth as like the peak of the year in terms of like building up and working out sets and stuff and i'm like this is all gonna go and I was just like, you know, I got a bit upset. Then I got really motivated. And then we got told we were going on. And then I gave this epic Mel Gibson speech, which is on my Facebook page. <laughs> we did it. It was really, really cool. But yeah, the winds were so bad. And to be fair, they were because I was backstage and I was watching the LED screens by the sides. They were blowing in and out, hitting the speakers. Like, I, it was just, it was nuts. Um so yeah, that set was about to get cancelled, but it didn't, thankfully, and it was really cool. It was a great set. Thank you to everyone. Um, oh, interesting fact about Varna uh, Bulgaria. Uh, the back of the stage set on fire. <laughs> Nobody knew. I think they let for Pyro. No, was that Plymouth? No, it was but Varna Bulgaria because I was in the pirate ship backstage having an ice cream, and um, I just saw the whole stage go up in flames. But luckily, it was just that panel. So the panel went up in flames and nothing else went. And there was such a panic. That was a scare because I've never seen that before. Did you see the uh, Tomorrowland fire? Yeah, that was pretty bad. Um, so moving on, we had uh, Made in Birmingham. Do you know what? Made in Birmingham is something that I, I don't mind talking about. It was really cool because it was different. Like we went in there, we played like a, a drum and bass kind of grittier set because it was made in Birmingham. Like, And obviously it's 40 minutes down the road from where I live, which is always nice because you can drive back and come home for dinner. But um, it was uh, it was a really good it was a gritty set. That's probably the best word I can I can describe it, and uh, really really enjoyed it because it's just nice to have a change. It's nice to play different things. We are 
we are a pair of DJs that have bags of music ready to go on any and any occasion because we've come from the bottom. We've worked our way up. So we've done everything. We've played R&B sets. We've played cheese sets. We've played garage sets. We've played house sets. We've played dubstep sets. We've played drum and bass sets. We still have it all. Um, so it was just nice to kind of like explore different kind of music that we don't normally play. So Made, Made was really cool for that. Um, and then obviously came uh, Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan was really cool as well. Um, I don't know if anyone from Kazakhstan will be listening to this, but um, hi guys, thank you. Uh, it was just it was it was really cool. I wasn't I wasn't impressed with the headliner Akon. I thought he was a bit shit. Um, the best way I can describe his set was he was his tracks were playing in the background, and he was just going yeah yo and he had that auto tune on him so it'd be like yeah yo do you know what i mean um and i wasn't really impressed with akon i thought akon was a bit pants but um john newman was amazing amazing oh another thing i realized as well is that when the artists go to airports they always wear a cap in glasses uh Tyler Zebra, John Newman, they all do it. They all got a hat and glasses on the airport. So if you see someone with a hat and glasses on the airport, they're probably a singer. You might want to get a picture. <laughs> but not me. <laughs> no one's asked me for a picture. <laughs> um then we had uh Croatia, which is MTV Summer Blast, and I got to see Will Smith perform live. Oh my god, getting jiggy with it. Uh being a part of a lineup that has Will Smith's name on was just ugh dreams dreams are made of that stuff man and uh it was it was dope and just watching him play i was singing every song like a little kid and it was just the best man i haven't had that much fun watching a performance god in, in so long ever i think i think that was the be- most fun i've ever had watching a performance um so moving on do I have anything else i want to mention here blackpool eliminations hello blackpool it was always fun really really good and the weather was lovely we got a horse we were late we got to the wrong station uh because uh old uh old bookie mcbookie rewire booked it and he booked the wrong station so we came out by blackpool pleasure beach and there was no taxis and so we had to get a horse to, to the event which is really cool and um it was just yeah, it was fun, man. Really, really fun. We uh, we had they got us Nando's, which is always nice. I do love a, do love a cheeky Nando's, and uh, the event itself. It's our second year there, and the event itself was really good. And uh, again, it's like Varna. You get so much interaction with people afterwards, and there's so many age ranges there, and it's just it was just really cool. And it was the first event that I used my uh, in ears, my monitors. You know the stuff that makes you look like a rock star that goes in my ears when I perform. Yeah. I had my first uh, first gig doing that. So I felt a bit like a rock star. That was nice. Is there anything else? Oh, Gibraltar. Um, Gibraltar was... Gibraltar was okay. I've got to be honest, from, from a personal point of view, um, it was... It was a little bit gutting because we were obviously going there expecting to play a set. The stage was sick. There's so many people. The lineup was sick. But we got given the in-between, the in-between. Now, imagine like Plymouth Day 1, we do the in-between thing, right? But we open the show with a half an hour set, and then we go on 15 minutes in-between. We have our things to do, and, you know, there's always something going on. That is a good in-between set. I don't think Gibraltar, uh, I don't think they planned it properly. I think we were an afterthought which is fair enough because they have so much things to worry about and we got a little table on the side and 
uh, I couldn't hear myself talk, uh, which is a big thing because I, you know, I don't know if I'm shouting or not. I can't hear what I'm, my words are probably not even. I'm going. I don't know, but um, that was that was a little bit disappointing. I remember standing on the side of Gibraltar and just being quite sad and being gutted about it because it just felt like no one really. No, we were an afterthought, and I accept that. But it is now I accept it. But at the time, it's like, man, I really was looking forward to like smashing this, 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 this event. Like, really looking forward to it. So was Rewire, but you know, it's still part and parcel of what we do. We we're still not at that level yet where we can command that kind of sets at certain events. Uh, the same thing happened at South Beats. We can't. I don't even know if I can say this um, without without being negative. So South Beats, we were given a half an hour set before Sigma, and we ended up doing 10 minutes, and then they shut the lights off on our stage. That's all I can say. So, you know, I was, you know, people ask me, like, what are the worst things about doing what you do? It's feelings like that. It's, it's, how, I, it's how I felt after these events or during the events. When you just you, you just feel a bit gutted, you you accept it because you're surrounded by freaking amazing talents, gigs, stigma, all that. So you're kind of like, do I deserve to be on this stage in the first place? Which is, which I still think a lot. Um, but at the same time, you're you're lined up on you're on you're on the list and you have your set time. So you're going on and you realize that. So first of all, they were setting up Sigma while we were playing and bumping into both of us. Our decks were getting removed as we were playing. <laughs> no lie, man, as we were talk. And then they turned the lights off of the stage, and the stage got blacked out. And that that was that was it, really. That was quite. I remember the feeling. It was quite recently, and it was it was quite sad. It was really really sad. But you know, you get over it. You move on, and uh, obviously now we're in the Freshest Tour, uh, and Freshest Tour's cool, man. Like, I'm trying to. I'm trying to be act act smarter um because i believe i am that i'm a smarter person than i was last year uh i really do and i you know i'm really trying to gain um you know get some more students on my snapchat and get some more student interaction because i need that you know if i've got an opinion i want to hear a student side of it um so i'm trying to work on that because i don't you know when i put out a questionnaire on snapchat how many of you are students how many of you see me at universities? I think only like four of you replied. And you know, I've got a lot of people on that Snapchat. So I'm trying to work on that. And I think I have. I've got, I've got a good response so far. It's, it's difficult. It's difficult because a lot of the times we're in a corner. A lot of the times our names aren't apparent. A lot of the times I can't get my personality across because it's just not that kind of environment in the club. So you just got to go there and do a job. And it's still the best job in the world. But... You, you can't get that side across to, to then get people to come and join me on Snapchat and, you know, take part in everything. But it is what it is. So, yes, yeah, so we go back to the questions. All right, let's go back to the questions. Uh, next question is from Callum. The most prestigious club MTV performance, um, the best crowd. What gig have you been nervous about before? Uh, okay, well, let me get some water, brev. So I'm going to start off by saying the most prestigious Club MTV performance. Personally, for me, I think the most prestigious performance. There's been so many, man. We've been blessed. So many. I think V Festival, man. V Festival has to be. Like, for a British boy like me, I mean, V Festival is everything. So playing at V Festival is definitely the most prestigious 
event, Callum. Uh, the best crowd. Uh, the best crowd. Probably Plymouth a year ago, maybe. Yeah, maybe maybe a year, two years ago in Plymouth. Um, I don't know why, but I've just, I just remember them for being amazing. Um, what gig have you been nervous about? Um, every gig, bro. <laughs> every gig I go on to. There's obviously, like, I'm very confident in what I do because I know that I'm being myself. So once you kind of conquer that element, you don't really have many things that, you know, in your head that like, oh. But before, when I was going through the problems of addiction, uh, I was in a dark place. Uh, I had depression. I was, I, you're not thinking clearly. So I was more nervous then because I knew that I'm not acting myself. So therefore, I don't know if I'm gonna what I'm gonna say is gonna come out aggressively or am I gonna say something stupid, which I have done. God, I've done that really, really bad. But um, so yeah, I think the nerves went when I sorted myself out, and ever since um, I found myself, ever since I've you know got myself as as I am now, as you hear me, the the different nerves, the more exciting nerves. But the nerves before were, oh my god, let me just reset my mind. Oh my god, oh my god. Whereas like now, I'm just like yeah, I just go on stage and say hello, <laughs> basically. <laughs> uh super shane what's going on brother biggest inspiration michael jackson easy michael jackson um i don't i can't say anything more like this king biggest inspiration ever uh also um lincoln park chester uh really big inspiration Marilyn manson was a really big inspiration and you've got the garage mcs people like wiley uh people like uh psg who is now a very good friend of mine is that paul um you know that whole garage mc era have to be inspirations uh oxide uh, neutrino i met them in uh i met them in blackpool along with luck and neat and i've told them and you guys are one of the main reasons why i do this and i thanked them and that was pretty cool so yeah super it's it's, it's mainly like michael jackson the garage mcs and obviously you got like marion and manson and like chester from linkin park because i've always wanted i've always thought i can sing like chester <laughs> but i know i can't <laughs> Um, next is uh, Alexi on uh, on this is on Instagram. What's the craziest thing a fan has done, dude? I don't, I don't know. I mean, like, no one's really jumped on the stage when we're performing. Um, I don't know. I I don't think there's been any craziness. Like, I can make up something, but. I didn't do that. No, I don't. To be honest, Alexi, I can't remember. I don't know if something's happened and I just can't remember it or nothing's really happened. But generally, people that come to see me play are just wicked. Are just amazing people. Positive people. Um, and that's one thing that I'm so grateful for in my life. I, you know, the most, I'm so, so grateful. Uh, what did I think of Bulgaria? I loved it. I thought it was amazing. I loved the treatment we got at the airport. Um, we got off the plane. It was an easy jet and our names were held up as soon as we got off. We got put into a different van to go through to the VIP lounge. Didn't have to go through passport. Didn't have to go through anything. We're straight, taken straight there, offered drinks and a sandwich and then got escorted to the hotel. That's like the most celebrity uh, treatment I've ever had. So thanks, Bulgaria. That was that was really, really cool. I'm going to go, I'm going to talk about more of that when I get Tom on because obviously Tom's been with me the whole time. Uh, but it's about getting that bandy free, isn't it? So, um, yeah, I will talk about that hopefully the next episode. Um, biggest inspiration again, he's, Alexi's asked. Um, I'll, I'll just, I, I went through that. Um, now, next question. I think it's the final question. What time are we on here? Uh, 
I don't even know how to change the one. Do, 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 do. Time. Uh, so I'm at 43 minutes. Yeah, okay. So the final question is from I am uh, Vivena. I think I've said that right. Vivena. Um, routine before I go on stage. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I hit the floor and then I hit my chest a couple of times and I say a few words to myself um, just to kind of remind myself of what I do to be grateful and just to get ready to, to smash this party. Um, basically, is my routine on stage. So yeah, there's all the questions. Now, I did promise to give out the Nerf guns, so let's choose. Um, let's choose some winners. Um, what's a good question here? Uh, Livy, Livy, you get a gun. Um, duh, 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 duh. <laughs> I want to give the Saudi Armani one, but I can't. <laughs> um, uh, Jim Weeks, Weeksy, just because you're a ledge mate, really good, really good supporter. Weeksy, you get a gun. Uh, Jamie, you can get one, and. Um, Callum, you can get one. So well done, guys. I'm gonna, uh, I'm actually gonna address the, the I'm gonna write on the gun and, uh, and literally write it to you with a little note. And then um, if you are listening to this, contact me with your address because I don't know if I can remember how to contact you. So yeah, if you are listening to this uh, and I did re- read your name out, um, let me know and I'll send a gun. I'll send a Nerf gun to you. If you're wondering why are you sending Nerf guns out, well, funny story that. I um for my peace and love single which came out a couple of months back uh the start of the summer oh mutiny can't remember that what's up luke's um mutiny festival was incredible um and so basically my peace and love video um my concept for that was i was going to be in the uh, being like a green behind uh, near near where i live and i was going to get chased by people in varsity club t-shirts with guns and it was going to be like a pixelated uh kind of like computer game kind of first person thing so i'll be running through the the, the crap running through the woods with uh with a song playing in the background and people just doing funny things in the middle of it now obviously when the 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 really horrible events of like uh the growthfield tower and then man obviously manchester first i i had to like i i I just like well fuck this I'm just gonna there's more people that need my help and why not just use a track to make some money um and so making that music video with a track raising money for that cause just seemed really inappropriate so I dropped the music video idea but I still had these nerf guns <laughs> so you lot have now on them <laughs> I can finally get them out of my storage cupboard <laughs> um but yeah so that's that's the reason why um, and I think we are about done here, guys. Don't forget, if you don't follow me already, Snapchat Varsky, Instagram Varsky, Twitter Varsky. Who uses Twitter? I don't know. Facebook slash I am Varsky. Uh, I will be back, hopefully, with Tom Bone next week. But don't forget, this series, I have part two of the Wire Boys. I've got Patrick Nezemi. I've got Jordan from the Valleys. I've got Majestic. And I've got Rewire. Hopefully, Majestic. I need to ask him first. And I've got Rewire. I'm going to get Rewire on the show. And uh, we're going to find out about their journeys in the musical scene and how they got to where they are. So, once again, guys, thank you so much. Like, I, that is, is so, like, I don't get, I don't get time to, like, say thank you without my snapchat videos running out uh unless it's like this so i'm going to utilize this to say thank you for an incredible summer thank you for all the support uh i am i i promise you this i promise you i'll keep working hard and we're going to grow this to become something bigger and better to spread more positivity around and uh and you know just help 
help bring some positivity in people's lives by doing what I do. And, you know, you guys are my soldiers. I need you guys to help me. And so thank you so much. Spread the word. Uh, and don't forget, please rate, review, subscribe on the podcast if you are listening to it on the iTunes. They really help. So subscribe to it and leave a little leave a little uh, rate and comment. Um, I, you know, hopefully it's all good. Um, and because it really does help me push up the iTunes top to make this podcast uh, something bigger. And that's all that's all I'm trying to do. It's a platform for me to, you know, just ramble. And, you know, I'm pretty good at rambling. So thank you guys so much. Uh, this is the end of se- uh, season two, episode one, like Game of Thrones, isn't it? No, it's not. But anyway, thank you guys so much. Don't forget, rate, review, subscribe. This is Varsky's I Want to Be a DJ podcast. I am Varsky. Peace. <laughs>